Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before I get into the stories, I have to give some trigger warnings. Story number one is a murder story, so if you want to skip that one or any of these others, I'll have them labeled in the pinned comment in the timestamps. Also, story number four features animal abuse, and story number five features sexual assault. And again, I'll have all these intense stories labeled down in the pinned comment near the timestamps just in case any of you want to avoid them. Alright, I think that about covers it. But remember, if you have your own true scary story that you might want to share with me here on the channel, you can do so by sending it to southerncannibal.com. All that being said, let's get into the stories. Back in 2012, we moved into these apartments called Elliot's Crossing. They have three flights, and we moved to the third floor. Fast forward to late 2016, and a younger couple moves into the first floor apartment. I very rarely saw the young woman who moved in, but coming in from work, I'd see the guy, and something about him just always gave me the creeps. Occasionally leaving at night to pick up my husband from work, I'd hear them arguing or feel the main door slam. It honestly wasn't the safest neighborhood, but it wasn't that horrible either. They always had people coming and going, but the apartment complex never did anything about it. One night my husband and I were just sitting on the couch in the front room, just watching TV, and we heard a loud bang and then screaming. I didn't go all the way downstairs because honestly, I was just nervous, and I just went to the second floor landing and peeked over the railings and I could see blood splatter all over the front landing. I ran back upstairs and told my husband while he was on the phone with the police, and we then heard the sirens heading our way. Apparently, the man had shot his girlfriend in the chest with a shotgun, and he told the police it was an accident. The police came and knocked on our door, and we gave them what little information we had, and everything that we'd heard while staying on the third floor. I stayed on the third floor landing overlooking the parking lot. She was actually still alive when they put her in the ambulance. They had him sitting on the curb handcuffed in his underwear. He had zero emotion on his face and he actually had the nerve to yell out asking the cops if she's okay. I watched as they eventually put him in the back seat and hauled him away. Of course, they couldn't block off the whole first floor hallway. So after all the pictures were taken and I guess they were done, they just closed off the apartment. My lovely complex didn't even bother to clean off the blood, so some of the neighbors had to do it. I did find out from the news later on though that the girl did pass away, and she was only 21. The story happened when I was around six or seven. I'm the youngest and I have three older sisters. All of them are prevalent in this story. I'll give their names and roughly how old they were when this happened. I've also changed the names for privacy. So the oldest is Mackenzie, who is either 15 or 16, then May, who is 12 or 13, and then Maylee, who is about eight or so. We grew up in the backwoods of Oklahoma where our nearest neighbor was about a mile away. Right around this time, Mackenzie had started a job working for a local grocery store, which means she wasn't usually there when we rode the bus. 
the bus ride would take a very long time. We would get out of school at 3.30, but we wouldn't be home until almost 5.30, and sometimes even 6. Anyways, we had this one neighbor who we always saw drive past our driveway whenever we were dropped off. He was always in this beat-up, rusted Chevy pickup. That's how we knew it was him. We always just figured he was just getting home from work or something. Now, this neighbor was old, like 60s, maybe even pushing early 70s. We had never once spoken to him. Maybe our dad had, but we'll never know. Moving on to our first encounter with him, it all happened during one of our breaks from school. Both of my parents were at work when he popped up. Me and Bailey were downstairs watching TV, and I was sitting in my dad's giant lazy boy chair, which was right next to the giant sun window that almost went from the floor to the ceiling. I always opened the blinds because I was a huge fan of natural sunlight. As I'm watching the show, Maylee yells at me to get down and away from the window. I'm confused and I turn my attention to the window, where this decrepit old guy is just standing there staring at me with the gross smile that shows his pearly yellows. I flip shit and hit the floor and start crawling to the stairs. Both May and Mackenzie hear this and they rush downstairs. At this point, Maylee and I are both crying and we're telling them that someone was just at the window. And like any classic horror movie, the guy's gone. Now, this was like 2009, and Ellen McKenzie had a cell phone, which she coincidentally left upstairs. We all stand around wondering what to do, when we then see this guy walking around our house through various windows. He knew we were home alone. McKenzie decided to go outside and just see what he wanted. We all stood around the door, watching her and this guy's interaction. Can I help you? What the fuck are you doing on our property? Mackenzie said. Oh, hi there. I'm just walking my dog. I didn't mean no harm. Now, I could see how this could have been an excuse. Except for the fact that he lived about 30 minutes away by car. And for the fact that his car was parked in our yard. As they were talking... He slowly was edging closer to the porch, right where she was standing. Mackenzie told him to F off and to get off her property or she was going to call her dad. Before I continue, I want to say that before my dad got sick, he was six foot six and almost 400 pounds. So he was a really big dude and he kind of had this rep about him where you just didn't want to mess with him. Anyhow, this scared the guy away and he tore off back down the driveway. I forgot all about that interaction until a few weeks later. We were back on the bus again, and for whatever reason, I can't remember, the bus driver had to turn back around and go back to the school. We still had about 30 minutes left of the drive, but we were coming up on our stop. It was just me, Maylee, and May, because Mackenzie was at work. So we decided that we were just going to get off at the goat farm, and walked the 10 minutes home instead of spending another 45 minutes on the bus. The driver let us off, pulled away, and then drove off. Now it was just the three of us and lots of goats. Not many people would typically drive down this road unless you lived here, so we weren't really expecting anyone there in the 10-minute walk. But just as we start walking, the rusted Chevy pulls up next to us. 
He asked if we wanted a ride, and he said that our daddy had asked him to pick us up. Like I said previously, no one other than Mackenzie had a cell phone, so there would have been no way for our dad to have known we were walking until we had told him when we got home. Immediately red flags there. May tells him to leave us alone, or she was actually going to call her dad. The man didn't know that she actually didn't have a phone, so when she threatened that, he then sped away, and then we just ran the rest of the way home. The story is super anticlimactic, but the real reason I decided to share it was because of what he said to my dad. After we had told our dad everything this man had done, he decided to go pay the old guy a visit. I'll never know what he had said to the man, but whatever he said, we never did see him again after this. Well, after this whole mess, I had heard my dad talking to my mom about what the man had told him. He actually admitted to my dad that he had been watching us whenever we got off the bus. He wasn't coming home from work, he was following the bus and would watch us come home, and that apparently, the window incident wasn't the first time he had made his way onto our property. It was just the first time he was caught. He also told my dad that he knew whenever my parents were gone and the McKenzie had a job. So most of the time, it was just us little ones home. That is what really scared me. Not the occurrences we saw, but the occurrences we didn't see. I'm forever grateful to my dad for being a bigger threat than the police. This happened a few weeks ago. Our house is undergoing renovations, so we're currently living in a small apartment in a chawl, which is two rows of connected houses with a small footpath between them. Most neighbors are really quiet and keep to themselves, but there is this one family that lives one house down from us. The family contains a mother, her daughter who I'm guessing is around 30, and her son who's in his 20s. Prior to this incident, I had heard shouting from their apartment, and I saw the son get out of the house, yelling and cursing at his sister. I ignored it though, just thinking it was a find. Cut to the day of the incident. We were cleaning up the place a little bit because we were expecting some guests. Suddenly, we started to hear yelling from the same apartment. We tried to ignore it, but a few minutes went by and we saw the mother and daughter were outside, backing up like they were trying to get away from something. That was then where we saw the son charging at them with a knife in his hand. As they were right in front of our door, my father and I quickly charged at him. My father held his one hand while I snatched the knife from his other hand. Surprisingly, he did not resist, nor did he try to fight with us. We just yelled at him to get back in his house, and he went quietly. I stood at their door, making sure he didn't come back with another knife. I was pretty scared, but I was doing my best to act tough. His sister was crying, and his mom was really shook. They said they were going to call the police, but we didn't see any police. After some time, a few people came and took him away. Later that day, the mom had told us that he really had some bad anger issues, and he's very spoiled and that apparently his older sister is the breadwinner of the house. He quite often gets really angry because he doesn't always get what he wants. Things like this have never happened to me, and I really don't know what to think about it. 
But what's really messed up to me is the son is actually back in their apartment, and they're all living under the same roof again. I haven't heard any shouting or any more screaming from the apartment yet, but if anything happens, I'll give an update. About four or five years ago, my neighbor had sold her house to a middle-aged, bald, white man. I'm gonna call the man Sam for the rest of the story, and it's very close to his real name. We were so sad to see her leave because my sister and I were very close with her daughters. When Sam moved in, he refused to talk to my mom, my sister, and brother and I. He only talked to my stepdad about weird things, like the fact that women didn't like him, and about all of the guns he owned. I always joked that he would become a serial killer. As time passed, there would always be loud noises coming from out of his house in the dead of night. Sometimes it would sound like he was working on his house, or loud music, or maybe the TV. We knew that he had issues with the house, since the repair people would always be over there, but they would never stay for long, and they said that he was creepy. Well, about a year into Sam moving in, we found a tiny cat that we had started feeding. We thought the cat was a boy, but when it got pregnant and had babies, we learned otherwise. Sam would always try and pet the cat that we ended up naming Bex, but she always hissed and tried to bite him. She eventually had her first litter, and after a few days, they went missing. I thought maybe the mama cat had moved them or something, but she would always look for them in Sam's yard, and she never found them. Soon after she lost her first babies, she became pregnant yet again. At this time, Sam told my stepdad that he really hates the cat, and he hated the babies. I knew right then that he did something to her first set of babies but nobody believed me. But eventually she gave birth again to four more male cats. I named three of them, and one of them went missing only a day after I first initially saw them. I wanted to move them inside because I just knew that Sam was harming them in one way or another. And soon enough, we would find out how. My mom and sister and I all had our own cat. We cared for them all, and they all liked and trusted me the most because I would feed them and check up on them many times a day. After a little over a year of having the boys and the mama cat, Sam would try and harm the cats with a shovel, but he would never say a word to my stepdad or any of us about him disliking the cats being near or on his yard. He only said the one comment about the mama cat that one time. I used to go out alone and walk my dog, and sometimes I would see him outside, and often he gave me dirty looks while pulling out huge assault rifles out of his car. And at this time, I kid you not, he had two girlfriends living with him. Sam and his two girlfriends would always give us the creeps. I had told my mom about what Sam would do when I walked past his house and all about the guns he had for no reason. We couldn't really do anything about it though. One day we had one of the boy cats inside because he loved to be inside. He was asleep in my bed, and he then got up and started throwing up really violently. I wanted to take him to the vet, but my mom said he was fine, and the cats just throw up sometimes. Which is true, because we've had cats all my life. He seemed to be okay after he threw up a few times, and he wanted to go back outside. So against my better judgment, I let him back out. 
The next morning, my mom woke my sister and I up, then screaming, Get up, Pinky is dying. Pinky was the name of my cat who was throwing up. My mom and sister had to rush him to the emergency vet, and I had to round up all the other cats and get them inside. I found Mama Cat, a mean cat who hurts the boys, and our other boy cat, Little Gray. Oreo, who was the last boy baby, was missing, and so was another cat that looked exactly like mine. I got the Mama Cat and Little Gray in the garage, but I couldn't get the mean cat in. Well, later that night, Pinky ended up dying. The vet said that he was poisoned with antifreeze. I knew Sam did it. A few days later, Bex wouldn't eat or drink anything. She even let us pick her up and hold her, and she never let us do that except when she was a baby. Mom and I rushed her to the hospital when she then peed and it smelled like flowers. She ended up dying of antifreeze poisoning as well. We got little Gray inside for good, and that's where he's been ever since. We spent weeks looking for Oreo, the mean cat, and the nice cat, but we couldn't find any of them. One night, I took my dog out after a bad storm around midnight. I had my phone as a flashlight, and I pointed it to where my dog was at, and I saw Sam, who was climbing his fence and looking at me. He looked crazy. He had a flashlight and a shovel in his hand. He dropped them, and he ran back in his house. The next morning, I had told my mom, and we both looked over his fence, and we then saw many small holes in his yard that could perfectly fit something the size of a cat. We never saw the cats or saw what he was burying, but we all knew what he did. He's been making a lot of comments about dead cats lately, and we called the cops on him but they didn't do anything. We've had multiple issues with the cops over other things, and they're not really helpful at all. Sam has had many people come in and out of his house lately, and I've seen people running out like they're terrified. We don't know what to do. I'm scared he's going to kill an actual person soon, because of how crazy he's been acting ever since the quarantine's been over. I'm sorry about the length of this story, but I really wanted to say everything. I have it all documented, just in case he does something else. The story happened back in 2012 to my friend and I, when she was 13 and I was 12. For the second half of the story, I wasn't there, so my explanation is from what she told me. So, my friend and I used to live in the same apartment complex. We used to always hang out after school in the apartment's big patio. We used to play, talk, eat snacks, you know, the usual stuff. Well, one day while we were out, we heard a bunch of kids talking about how this new neighbor started selling snacks. Us being curious and hungry took some money with us, and we were heading to the neighbor's door. After a few blocks, we were then greeted by this tall, creepy-looking middle-aged man I remember my friend and I feeling a little creeped out, but since we really wanted snacks, we didn't pay too much attention to it. He then said, Hey, so you came to buy some snacks? As we then shook our head, he then said, Well, come on in. Let me show you where they are. As we were walking in, I whispered to my friend not to take too long since I was getting a bad vibe from this dude. 
Okay, so here's all the snacks and candy I have. Take your time. I'm in no rush. He said. So my friend and I started looking around, picking all the snacks and candy we wanted. At some point, the guy broke the silence by asking us our names. Oh, I'm Sarah, my friend said quietly. And you, cutie? What's your name? He asked. Um, it's Allie. Sarah and Allie. Pretty names for pretty girls. <laughs> we kind of just looked at each other and nervously laughed at him. I then said that we were both done looking and that we wanted to purchase the stuff we chose. Hmm, if you can promise me you'll dress more sexy the next time you come around, I'll give them to you for free. I remember feeling really disgusted after what he said, so I just gave him our money, took my friend, and we left. On our way back, I then told my friend to never come back, that he was a pedophile, and he's just going to cause us problems. My friend agreed, and I thought we would leave it at that. Well, not exactly. My friend isn't exactly the smartest, and she really made a stupid choice the next day. The next day, my friend asked if we could hang out, but I was really busy that day, so I had to tell her no. A few hours later, I had received a loud knock on my window. I was curious to see who or what it was, so I opened my curtain. There was my friend crying. I pull up the window, and I ask her what's wrong. Why are you crying? What's going on? My friend still crying, just said, that man, that fucking man. Me still being a bit confused, I asked her what man. The snacks and the candy guy we saw yesterday. Oh my god, did you go back to his house? I asked furiously. Yeah, because I really wanted a certain candy, but the store we usually go to were out of it, and I remember that the guy had it, she said. Oh my god, you're so stupid! I yelled. But tell me, what did that sicko do or say to you? As she was wiping her tears, she started telling me everything that happened. So apparently, as she finished paying for her candy she wanted, the guy asked her to stay and hang out with them. She respectfully declined and made her way to the door. As she was approaching the door, the guy stepped in front of the door, blocking the exit. Why in so much rush? He asked. I have to go back. My parents are probably looking for me, she said. I'm sure they can wait. I want to have some fun with a cutie like you. My friend was starting to panic, and she was really scared on what he was planning to do. Shh, just be quiet. I'll make it quick. He then started to run his hand down my friend's left thigh. She tried to stop them, but he got a hold of both of her hands, and he kept them together above her head. What? You don't like it? She then started to cry and begged him to stop. I think after seeing her cry, he felt bad, so he just let her go. But not before telling her she better not tell anyone, or he won't sell her any more candy. That's when she ran back to my place to tell me everything. Hearing all this, I told her we need to tell her parents so they can call the police and report him. Which is what they did. They arrested the man, and we never saw him again. I hope that apartment complex is a lot more selective of who they let in, so that something like this doesn't happen again. 
Shortly after this incident, my friend's parents decided it was best for them to move, and my friend couldn't be happier. She's thankfully doing much better now and was able to get past this. So for all of y'all reading this, please be careful with strangers. If something seems off, it's because it is. For some background information, I'm a 15-year-old female, and at this time, my family and I moved to Florida about six years ago. We live in a very safe, gated community, so I never really thought anything that crazy would happen. From the time we moved in, we never really knew our next-door neighbor. We never saw her out of her house or ever leave to go anywhere. For some information, the outside of her house is a disaster. Overgrown bushes, tall grass, and things like that. The very first time that I ever ran into her sent a chill down my spine. She looked like she had been doing drugs her whole life. Her hair was a mess, and her clothes were like rags. I remember her coming up to me yelling, saying that she has to get inside or she's going to melt, because the sun was only shining on her. That's when I realized that she was crazy. But it didn't stop there. From where my room is, I can see right back into her backyard. One night it was storming really badly, and as I was watching the lightning, that's when I saw her. She was outside by her fence, just staring at me. She gave me this terrifying smile, and that's when she gave me this slow, creepy wave. I didn't get any sleep that night. This creepy encounter of her staring in my room window happened every single night. But one night, it completely changed. I was laying in my bed about to fall asleep when I heard this subtle light tapping coming from my window. I just thought it was a lizard, so I didn't think much about it. But this light tapping soon turned into a harsh banging. I just laid there in fear. I didn't know what to do. As I looked at my window, all I saw was an outline of someone. I sprinted out of my bed and ran to my parents' room. When I went back to show my dad the figure, it was gone. After this incident, we didn't see my neighbor or her husband for months. Side note, her husband would be outside every day trying to clean up the yard, but eventually he just disappeared. We have a crazy theory that she killed her husband and just locked herself up in the house. It's been about two years now since we've seen our crazy drug addict neighbor. We still have no idea what happened to her and her husband, but I would like to keep it that way. <laughs>